good. God is love, hey? Love is very powerful. Love is not an emotion. Love is an act. And healing is an act. It's the act of God's love. Amen. So fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. I want you to see 3 John verse 2. 3 John verse 2. It's very important. 3 John verse 2. You know what the Holy Spirit calls you? He calls you my beloved. I don't know about you. Have you ever had anybody calling you my beloved? No. (laughs) But God calls you his beloved. The Holy Spirit calls you his beloved. Beloved, I wish. This word wish actually means I pray. Actually means I earnestly desire. You know that you are the desire of God? Your desire may be a car, a house. Your desire may be, you know, some beautiful flowers. But you are the desire of God. That's how important you are to Him. I desire, I pray above all things that you may prosper. The word prosper has the word live in it. A similar word to prosper would be thrive. Remember, God is life, and when God shows up, everything comes alive. Amen. When your body is full of life, there is no sickness. When your mind is full of life, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of knowledge. Amen. Darkness is an absence of light. Sickness is an absence of life. That's why wherever Jesus showed up, people were healed. I pray, I desire above all things that you may thrive, that you may prosper and be in health. That's the desire of God for you. So do you have to beg God to heal you? Do you have to beg him to heal you? No. It is his desire to heal you. Even as your soul prospers. God wants your soul to prosper. Not to be burdened with sorrows and cares and frustrations. So as your soul prospers, your health prospers. Can we say amen? So why is this scripture in the Bible? Who was the one who wrote this scripture? The apostle John. So John wrote this scripture. That was John's desire. That was the desire of John for his people, for the Christians. That desire came from the Holy Spirit. And when it came out of his mouth, came out of his pen, it became the Bible. So don't underestimate what God is talking to you. Don't underestimate what God is saying to you. The desire in your heart, coming out of your mouth, written by your pen. That's God's word for you. That's called rhema, the rhema word. During hard times and difficult times, it's very, very important that we always keep God's vision. Don't hold on to what the world is showing you. Don't hold on to what the television is showing you, what the news channels are telling you, what the doctors are telling you. 
You can let go of all of that. But one thing you cannot let go, it's God's vision for you. So, so important. See ourselves, see our lives through the eyes of God. No matter how tough it is, how hard it is, refuse to compromise. Refuse to cave in. Refuse to give up. Because for you to give up is to put up. For you to give up is to put up with what the devil is telling you. For you to give up on God's vision is to put up with what the devil is infiltrating your mind with. His schemes, his imaginations, his desires to ruin you and to destroy your faith. If you are not in Kingdom Warriors, make sure you join that and listen to the very fact that you have an adversary. Just this past Friday. You have an adversary. Oh, sorry, Thursday. It's very important that you understand that you must fight. There are no spoils without battles and no trophies without warfares. Can we say amen? It's okay if we have weakness. It's okay that we fall. Remember, the Bible says, rejoice not over me, my enemy, though I fall, I shall arise. Amen. Don't stay in defeat. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your imagination. I'm talking about your will. I'm talking about your emotions. Don't stay in defeat. Don't stay there. Get up as soon as you can. The quicker you can bounce back in righteousness, in victory, the quicker you can bounce back in the love of God, the greater the glory is. The greater you can bounce back from offense, the greater you can bounce back from bitterness and unforgiveness, the greater the glory is upon you. I want to read to you, for those of you that were late, that uh, were not here when I read this. It's very important for us to have Holy Ghost expectations, for they are faith realities. Expect the good and you will get the good. See the invisible, lay hold of the unreachable. Take the highway of Zion, which is over and above all the troubles of this world. That's where your faith travels. It's called the highway of Zion. Break the bondage to your five physical senses. Live high and above our five physical senses. Take into captivity every carnal thought, every worldly thought and imagination into the obedience of Christ. The obedience of his anointing. 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That's your anointing. Jesus is the anointed one. His presence is the anointing. And when you're in his presence, all things are possible. If you could not walk before, then you can walk. If you could not stand before, then you can stand. If you could not forgive before, then you can forgive. Can we say amen? This is reality. Faith is the highest reality. The devil wants to confine us to the present natural reality. The devil wants to drown us with problems. The devil wants to drown us with troubles. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is so important to believe in the miraculous. It is so important to believe in miracles. Lift up your hands and say with me, I believe in miracles. Let's look at John chapter 19 verse 30. A very, very powerful scripture in your Bible. The most important scripture. John 19 verse 30. I want you to see what Jesus was saying. What did he say? What did he say? Come on, read this scripture. Come on, answer me. What did he say? One more time. It is finished. This word finished is in Greek. It actually means perfection. It's perfect in every respect it is finished in every aspect you cannot improve on it perfection has come perfection has come through the cross through the blood of Jesus your perfection has come Don't try to improve on it. And that's why it is so fatal to be a perfectionist. Because you cannot improve on what God has perfected through Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. You cannot improve on it, but you have to believe it. Believe it. The video we watched just now, nobody, nobody could have done that. Nobody, nobody. Somebody said, I was sick and my kids want to be doctors. No doctors could do that. You know, doctors could only tell you what's wrong with your body. They couldn't do anything for you. They could only tell you what's wrong with your body. And they would give you prescriptions. And that depends on what the medication can do. But God, who is the healer? Who is the healer? Who is the healer? Is the healer in the house today? Is the healer in the house today? Amen. Is the healer in your body? Is your body the house of the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Spirit live in you? Is he your healer? Yes. 
it is finished. It's been perfected. You have been perfected. You have been made righteous. You have been justified. You have been sanctified. How do you get that? How do you live it out? By faith. That's why without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to live out this ultimate reality, this highest reality. Can we say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. So does it mean that I just lay down and don't do anything? No. 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 Show me your faith. And I will show you my faith by my works. It's called the works of faith. And uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Shall we read this together? Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because you and I have an adversary. All through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, there's an enemy. There's an adversary. And you need to know that. And not take him for granted. He wants to tell you that he's your friend. He wants to tell you that he does not exist. But he does. And he's not your friend. If you look at Matthew chapter 11... Verse 12, Matthew 11, verse 12. When I first got born again, my eyes fell on this scripture. And that's why I became so, so proactive and aggressive in faith. I'm a very, very aggressive person. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Read this together with me. And from the days of John the Baptist... Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Suffers violence from the violent man, the devil himself. The devil is always attacking the kingdom. Always trying to stop the advance of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Always trying to stop you from believing. Always trying to stop you from loving. Always trying to stop you from hoping. He is violent. He accuses. He condemns. He slanders. He gossips. He kills. He destroys. He steals. He hinders. He blocks your progress. He frustrates you. He depresses you. He oppresses you. He's the violent spirit. And the violent take it by force. Now at that time, I did not know the Amplified Bible. But the Holy Spirit explained the scripture to me. And I found it in the Amplified Bible after. The second violent is referring to the believers. Referring to the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot afford to be a laid back Christian. You cannot afford to pray just once a week. Maybe two, three minutes. You cannot afford to miss your prayer meetings just because you are suffering from depression. 
In fact, the harder the enemy oppressed you, the harder you need to fight back. How many of you here plays basketball or balls? How do you bounce the ball? How do you bounce the ball? You put pressure on it. And the more pressure you exert on it, the higher it bounces back. You have this spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in you that cannot fail, that will not fail. And the more the enemy oppresses you, the more you bounce back on the inside. The more you bounce back on the inside, you open your mouth and you speak. It's called a rhema word. Not premeditated, not figured out, not thought up. It's the rhema word. It bounces up from the inside of you. Why? To hit back the devil. To hit back the enemy. Can we say amen? The violent take it by force. By force. You have to be forceful against the enemy. You have to be forceful against the devil. Sickness is of the devil. It's not of God. God has no sickness to give to you. He's never sick. Jesus had never been sick. He had no sickness to give to anyone. God had no sickness to give to anyone. And all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, all through the Bible, God had never put sickness on anybody without healing that person. The word in the Old Testament is permit. Why does God permit the devil of sickness and disease to afflict people with sickness and disease? Because they permitted it. Their sinfulness permitted the devil to afflict them with pain and sickness. But God is always ready to heal. Can we say amen? And when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he's the redeemer. He's the sin bearer. How come Jesus could heal everyone who came to him? Because he took their sins. Jesus took everybody's sin. And that's why he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of, oppressed of God. Oppressed of the devil. Sickness is oppression from the devil. And that's why there is pain. When pressure is put on the nerves, what do you get? Pain. That's why the doctors will give you painkillers. Painkillers don't really kill the pain, but they numb your nerves. So you can't feel them. I remember uh, I went to the dentist to do something, you know, about my my, uh, tooth. And so she numbed my gum. And of course, when my gum was numbed, my tongue was numbed too. And without realizing it, I was biting my tongue. And so when the anesthetics were gone... I realized that I had bitten my tongue and that was so, so painful. So, so painful. 
What's the lesson? You may not feel it, but it's there. Don't try to escape pain without fixing the cause of pain. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Don't try to escape from pain without fixing the reason for the pain. And that's why a lot of people, where do they go to? They go to drugs, they go to alcohol to numb the pain. But the only way you can cure the pain is with faith. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. Faith in the life of Jesus that you're living out right now. Can we say amen? The blood of Jesus that has washed away our sin. The stripes of Jesus that had taken away our pain. Hallelujah. That's the real healing. I want you to look at Psalm 140. Psalm 140 verse 1 to 5. Christianity is not an escape. God had not taught us to escape from the reality. Karl Marx called Christianity what? The opium of the mind. But he got it wrong. Christianity is not offering us a pair of crutches. Christianity is reality. It's the highest, the ultimate reality that is unbeatable, that nothing can surpass that reality. But you have to be determined to get there. The violin take it by force. The violin take it by force. The violin take it by force. That means you are determined to get it. You are determined to live that kind of life. You are determined to live a life that is without sickness. You are determined to live a life of divine health. You are determined to live a life without bitterness. You are determined to live a life without unforgiveness. You are determined to live a life without poverty, without lack. That you are lack of no good. You are determined to live a life that's serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Give you joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at Psalm 140. This is the key to David's success. He did not take for granted. He did not blame God. How come I have an enemy? He did not blame God. How come I have troubles? He knew and he realized that he had an adversary. He knew and he realized that there is a Goliath that he must kill. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. It's the spirit behind the man. Who is that? The devil himself. So the devil is evil. The devil is violent. Which imagine mischiefs in their hearts. The devil is mischievous, wicked. Continually are they together, gathered together for war. The enemy is always seeking whom he may devour. 
what he can do to attack. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. The devil is always speaking bad about you in your head. Talking bad about you behind your back in people's minds. Slendering and gossiping. The devil will tell you that you're bad in your mind and tell you that you're a failure in your mind. The devil will belittle you in the mind that is yours and in the mind of those around you. Why? Because their tongues are violent. Adder's poison is under their lips. How many of you understand what I'm saying? And what is David's prayer? David's prayer is, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent men who have purpose to overthrow my goings. The devil wants to destroy God's plan for your life. The devil wants to destroy all your testimonies. The devil wants to ruin you for life before you make it to heaven. The proud have hid a snare for me and courts. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set genes for me, Selah. Somebody said, you know, why do we have so many troubles? Why do we have troubles? Didn't Jesus answer that question? What did he say? What did Jesus say? In this world, you shall have troubles. Are you supposed to live in this world? Are we supposed to live in this world? We are in this world, but not of this world. We live in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You need to feel superior. You need to feel superior. You must have that superiority over the devil. You must have that superiority over every sickness and every disease. You don't bow to cancer. You don't bow to leukemia. You don't bow to migraine headache. You don't bow to anything that the devil is trying to throw at you. The world is saying, you know, take care of your guts. Everybody's into guts health. I didn't hear about that 10 years ago. (laughs) How many of you know that the world is changing all the time? You know, sometimes they say you need to, you need to eat eggs. And another time they will tell you, you need to have kabucha. (laughs) I have the word of the Lord. I have the word of the Lord. I have the word of the Lord. Men do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He sent his word and healed them. So you have the word. So why do you have to worry about sickness and disease? How many of you believe that you can live a fearless life? You can live a worry-free life. Come on, lift up your hands. If you believe that you can live a fearless life, a a worry-free life. I remember when my kids were little, you know, I was, of course, a very good mom. And uh, 
And then suddenly I heard a voice that, you know, was saying to me, you're not a good mom. I thought, what? I thought I'm a good mom. And the voice said, because you never worried about your kids. Even when you, they were sick, you were not worried. I said, yeah, that's true. How come I never worried about my kids? Ah, and the Holy Ghost spoke up on the inside of me. Because you are a mother of faith. Because you are a mother of faith. So now rebuke the devil. That's the devil talking to you. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? It's not our effort that solve the problems. It's not our efforts that solve the problems. It's the Holy Spirit who is the answer giver. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Take it by force. Say to the person next to you, take it by force. Take your inheritance by force. Don't be laid back. Don't ever be a laid back Christian. Come on, talk to yourself. I'm not a laid back Christian. Talk to yourself. I'm not a lazy Christian. Very important. But you said to me, Pastor Dora, but I have no time. I have no time. I have no time. Make time. Who gave us our time? What is time? Your lifespan. If you have no time for God, listen to me. If you have no time for God, you have no time for healthy living. Don't run around chasing the devil. God is the most important priority in our lives. Where there is no God, there is no life. Where there is no God, there is no health. Where there is no God, there is no money. I remember I was in Bangkok ministering and a couple came to me. They lost everything. Because when they had a lot, they had no time for God. Money, remember I told you, is a test. Money is a test. Money is a test of your faithfulness. Don't run after money and lose God. Can we say amen? Amen. Always run after God and you have plenty of money. Run after God, you're plenty. You have plenty of health and healing. Can we say amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. What did Apostle Paul say? What did he say? He said, I press toward the mark. He said, I press toward the mark. I think the Apostle Paul is the most diligent person that I've never heard from. He is so, so diligent. And yet he said, I press toward the mark. For the prize, I press toward the mark for the prize, P-R-I-Z-E. There's a prize that God has for you. He's a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. Ask yourself. How often do you read the Bible? How often do you take your Bible vitamins? You need to be taking them. Amen. I preached toward the mark for the prize. What's that? 
of the of the I thought it's just calling high calling because it's a high life it's a high life it's high above all the problems and troubles of this world it's the highway high above amen say to the person next to you you are a high flyer fly high Fly above all sickness and disease. Fly above all the troubles of this world. How can I do that with your mind? How can you do that with your mind, with your imagination, with your spirit? When you fly above, you have dominion over. The high is always stronger than the low. The high is the one who has authority over the low. So when you think high, you exert dominion and authority over the devil who is below you. Amen. Where did Jesus put the devil as far as you are concerned? Under your feet. Come on. Come on, tread on him. Amen. I know that I've said this many times before and I'm saying it again. Don't allow the devil to crawl up your body and get into your head. Amen. Very important. Victories come from battles. Victories come from battles. Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 27. 1 Chronicles 26, verse 27. I like this word called spoils. Spoils. What does that mean? The goodies that you get to keep after you have won your battles. They are called spoils. Out of the spoils won in battles, did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord? Spoils are your testimonies. Spoils are your testimonies. We have heard that man, his testimony, his victory over sickness and disease and over the spirit of self-rejection. And that includes the rejection of God. Whenever you reject yourself, you are rejecting your creator, who is God. Self-doubt, inferiority, self-rejection, they are not of God, they are of the devil. Can we say amen? God does not want you to focus on how bad you are. The devil wants you to do that. That's why I turn a deaf ear to those that keep telling me how bad I am. God tells you how good you are. God tells you how good you are. The Holy Spirit says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't know anybody who can benefit from inferiority. 
Nobody can benefit from inferiority. You know what? The devil will agree with you and he will kick you in your head. He will tell you you're bad. Don't you know? It's high time that you know. You're terrible. You're bad. And then you try your best and you fall. And then he keeps telling you you're bad. He keeps telling you you're bad. The word of God says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He will correct you. Don't worry about it. He will correct you. He will instruct you without you making, without making you feel bad about yourself. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That's the best teacher. That's the best teacher. Amen. I was talking to Clint, who's studying to be a music teacher. And he's a very, very good music teacher. And he told his students, you are good. You are good. And you can do better. You can do better. And you can do better. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, say to yourself, I'm good. I'm good. I can do better. Because the best is in me. Amen. Do you get it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So our spoils are our testimonies. Are you excited about testimonies? I'm excited about testimonies. Testimonies of health and healing. Testimonies of souls come to Christ. Testimonies about prodigal sons coming home. Testimonies about financial prosperity. Testimonies about marriages restored. Homes become godly and united. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Listen to me. Anything that is valuable is worth fighting for. You don't fight for it because it has lost its value for you. I want you to think about it. Whatever you don't fight for, it's because it's no longer valuable for you. We fight for health. We fight for healing. We fight for provision. We fight for our families. We fight for our God-given relationships. We fight for the sanctity of our mind. You need to fight. Can you answer me one more time? Why do you have to fight? Because you have an adversary. Psalm 118. Psalm 118 verse 17. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, people would think that, well, I need to fight because I want a good life. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be poor. I just want a good life. But if you look at Psalm 118, verse 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. This is our purpose for living. Because what you have overcome, you can pray for others to overcome. And you can show others how to overcome. And whatever you cannot overcome, that devil has jumped on you. 
If I can't overcome, how can I tell you to overcome? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why the word of God says that we are more than conquerors. Amen. More than conquerors through Christ, which strengthens me. So do you have an overcoming mentality? Do you have an overcoming mentality? Do you have an overcoming desire? Do you desire to overcome all the time? Overcome sickness and disease. Overcome poverty. Overcome depression. Overcome strife. Overcome evil. Overcome ungodliness. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Psalm 144. Psalm 144. Remember Joshua. Before the battle, he was getting everybody prepared and somebody showed up before the battle. And Joshua asked that person, whose side are you on? Are you my, on my side or on the side of our adversary? You need to know whose side are you on? Are you in the winning team or are you in the losing team? Are you on God's side or are you on the devil's side? The devil is a loser and he is a losing team. Jesus is a winner and he's the winning side. Amen. Glory be to God. It's not personal. It's kingdom. It's kingdom. It's not personal. The migraine headache that I got healed of, it's not personal. It's kingdom. I've got my victory over migrant devils. Amen. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. Can we say amen? Amen. It's no longer I that live, but Jesus who is living in me. And if Jesus is living in you, how can you be sick? If Jesus is living in you, how can you be defeated? Come on, say with me. I'm a winner. I will never be sick. I will never be defeated. Amen. Well, I know that some of you are going, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That's why I call it the ultimate reality. That's why I'm calling it the reality that is without limits. That's why I'm saying you need to break your bondage to the five physical senses. My head is hurting, but I'm saying I'm healed. My belly is hurting, but I'm saying by his stripes, I am healed. Whose report do I believe? Do I believe the report of my body? Or do I believe in the report of the word of God? The word of God. If I believe in the report of my body, I will be going from doctor to doctor, from specialist to specialist, you know, from meeting to meeting, asking different people to lay hand on me. There was a lady and she went to all Roberts and she said, you know, I have kept my body so that you would lay hand on me. That's a lie of the devil. The Bible does not say that all Roberts will lay hand on you and you will recover. The word of God says the believers, the believers, the believers will lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So don't have a victim's mentality. Have a winner's mentality. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, I'm a winner. Praise God. Psalm 144 verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my boss. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which tells my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Guitarist, keyboard players, when you're playing on your instruments, it's not the music note that matters. You're playing to win. Your fingers for war and your hands for battle. When you hit that note, you're hitting the devil. When you hit that key, you're hitting the devil. We must play our instruments being conscious of the presence of the Lord and being conscious of the fact that we are in a war. It's a war that Jesus had won and we keep winning. Can we say amen? When you're working, when you're at work, whatever you do, you're doing it for the glory of God. You are doing it to manifest the victory of God. The marriage that I have between me and my husband is not just our marriage. Our marriage glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first and foremost in my mind. That's the first and foremost in my husband's mind. Our marriage glorifies the Lord. Can we say amen? Then everything you do prospers. Amen. The word of God is the never failing weapon. That guarantees your victory all the time. There is no doctor that can guarantee your health. There is no medication that can guarantee your perfect healing. But the word of God is medicine to all of our flesh. The word of God is medicine to all of your flesh. I know somebody is thinking, wow, Pastor Dora, you are too fanatical. But the word of God says, you are neither Hot, nor cold, you are lukewarm. A lukewarm Christian can receive nothing from the Lord. A fanatical Christian is a violent person who takes the kingdom of Jesus Christ by force. It's the force of faith. It's the power of faith. It's the battle of faith. And it's a good fight. Can we say amen? Fighting the fight of faith is good for my character, good for my mind, good for my body, good for my family, good for my relationships. Amen. Hallelujah. I was searching the Bible. I was searching for an unfailing formula. An unfailing formula. You know, how many of you have read histories? You know, throughout history, I read the Chinese history. You know, in the Chinese history, you know, all the kings, especially those that were prosperous, you know. You know, how many of you have heard of the, the fairy tale that is in the uh, mid-autumn festival? You know, the mid-autumn festival, there's a fairy tale that said that, you know, the king uh, who was ruling and who was, you know, prospering in his kingdom and he wanted to live forever and ever and ever. So he was trying to find this, you know, um, eternal life formula. 
something that he could eat and he would never age and he would never die and he would live forever and ever. And then here comes this beautiful lady. And without realizing it, she took that formula and she ate it. And then she flew away and she landed on the moon. So that's the fairy tale. And that's why they eat cakes for mid-autumn festival. But praise the Lord. Amen. Have you found your eternal life formula? Have you found the formula that allows you to live and not die? Have you found the formula that allows you to stay healthy and strong? What is that formula? The word of God. The word of God. Jesus said those that believe in me will never die. Amen. Men do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Don't ever underestimate, don't ever underestimate the word of God. Don't ever get too familiar with the word. Amen. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 8, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Isaiah 51, uh, 55 verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall never return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I'm sending you the word of God now. I'm sending you the word of God now. I'm sending you the word of God now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. How do I fight the good fight of faith? Be sober, be vigilant. That means don't be carried away by the things of this life. Don't be drowned by the cares of this life. COVID, ooh, COVID, should I take the vaccination or not? Let's think about the vaccination for two months. Let's talk about the vaccination for six months. Let's talk about the vaccination for one year. Your mind got carried away. How can you be sober in the Lord? Drowned by the cares of this world. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, be vigilant. Be vigilant. Oh, she had said something that upsets me. He had done something that hurt me. Be vigilant. The weapons of our warfare are not. The weapons of our warfare are not. Be vigilant. The Holy Spirit talks. The Holy Spirit talks. I've not used my alarm clock for a long time. Because the Holy Spirit always wakes me up. Do you know that you have an internal clock on the inside? And it's good to train yourself to live like that. Live from the inside out and not from the outside in. Because guess what? Where's the devil? On the outside. Amen. Be vigilant, be sober, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, 
walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. That means he cannot devour everybody. He can only devour the weak ones. So do you choose to be strong or to be weak? Strong. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. How do we resist the devil? Resist, resist, and resist, and resist, and resist. That's called steadfast. Not resist for two hours and then forget about it. Steadfast. How do we resist the devil? In the faith. In the faith. To be honest with you, we are... In the natural, we are so emotional. That's our downfall. Too emotional. The natural human emotions can kill us. We must not cave into natural human emotions which have failed. We must have holy emotions. Say with me, holy emotions. Love, joy, and peace. When you train yourself to live like that, the devil doesn't bother you anymore. And you know, and you know, and sometimes you get surprised, you know, how come I'm not offended? What happened to me? (laughs) Amen? It's good to live up there. Say to the person next to you, it's good to live up there. One more time, say to the person next to you, it's good to live up there. If nobody can annoy you, then you can change them. Can we say amen? If you get annoyed all the time, then you become a victim. Do you get that? And let's continue to read. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions. Go now go to verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory. We are in the glory. After that, you have suffered. Suffered? Suffered? A long time? Years? Years? Months? A while. So when you are feeling bad, when it's hard, when it's challenging, you say, I'm walking through. (laughs) Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't stay there. That's why just now I said, don't stay defeated. And when you feel that you are defeated, open your mouth and say, rejoice Knock over me, my enemy, though I fall, I shall arise. When my back is hurting, I said, devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. My head says, oh, it's because you're old. You know, it's one of the signs of old age. Or because you've done too much the other day, you've lifted something heavy I said, you foul spirit of logic, get out in the name of Jesus. God created my body much stronger than this. (laughs) Amen. God created my body to be strong. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Can you remember those many years ago when they had no electricity and no what forklift? They had to lift up heavy weight. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Yes. God did not create our bodies to be so delicate. Come on, speak to yourself. My body is not delicate. One more time. My body is not delicate. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Whose report do you believe? If you do not doubt what you say, but believe what you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. So do you want to say that you are weak or do you want to say that you are strong? How come it's so easy to believe the bad? Everybody can believe the bad. How come it's so easy to believe the bad? Because we're living in a fallen world. And that's why it's fighting the good fight of faith. Why? Because you are going up. You are going up. You're going up. So don't just wait till you go up to heaven. Now that you're living on earth, live a life that is lifted up. Good up the lawns of your mind. Can we say amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. Well, Timothy just told us to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. It's like he had no sympathy for us when we were down in the valleys. Well, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. I know that when you're in the, in the dump, so to speak, you don't like it when I talk good. You like me to sit next to you and cry together with you. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. Uh, chapter 4 verse 18. That's why, you know, there are pastors that would tell the congregation, well, God would allow you to suffer. God would take away your grandkids, you know, in a car accident. God would make you sick so that you would learn your lesson. God did not want you to be proud, so that's why he had, you know, afflicted you with sickness and disease. So that you would learn not to be proud. Is that true? Is that true? No. Would you like a pastor who visits you all the time or would you like a pastor who prays for you? Would you like a pastor of good works or you like a pastor of faith? Faith. You see the difference? It's not our works. It's not our works. It's the work of faith. It's the works of faith that heal the sick. Amen. So if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Whoa, I jumped. When I read the scripture, glory be to God and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, yes, this is for me. 
The Lord will deliver me from every evil work. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. How many of you know the scripture in Isaiah 54 verse 17? Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapons of the enemy formed against me shall prosper. No weapons of the enemy formed against me shall prosper. Say it with me. No weapons of the enemy formed against me shall prosper. Glory be to God. And every tongue that rises up against me, amen, I shall condemn. That's the tongue of the devil. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Lift up your hands and say, God, you are my righteousness. One more time. God, you are my righteousness. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. That's called the high place. The high place. Remember, the word of God says that he will give you the high places of Jacob. You will ride upon the high places of Jacob. That's what God has promised you. If you look at Job chapter 5 verse 19, I love this scripture. Job 5 19. Job 5 19. He shall deliver you in six troubles. Six is the number of a man. So stop being carnal. Stop yielding to human emotions. Yield to Holy Ghost emotions. Six. He shall deliver you in six troubles. In this world, there shall be troubles. In this life, there shall be troubles. Still, God will deliver you. And I love this. Yes, in seven, there shall no evil touch you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Yes, there is healing. There is healing. There is healing. There is healing. But I love to be in the place of divine health. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good that when the devil attacks, God delivers us every time. But isn't it good to be living in a place of abundance, peace, prosperity, no enemies around us? Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Psalm 91 verse 7. Psalm 91 verse 7. Is this in your Bible? Is this in your Bible? Does God lie? No. A thousand shall fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Read this together with me. One, two, three. But it shall not come near you. So what do you do when the enemy is trying to approach you? It's trying to edge, you know, coming closer. It's like all of a sudden, how come my belly is hurting? What do I do? Right away, fight the devil. Don't wait till it's bad. Put your hand on your belly and say, I rebuke you, devil. Get out in the name of Jesus. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And no demons of sickness and disease can come near his dwelling. That's how you keep yourself healthy and strong. Because your tongue has the power of what? Life, 
and death. Now, if you've been a Christian for over 10 years, 20 years, and you still don't believe in the power of your tongue, you need help, man. You need help. Jesus said, by your word, you will be justified, and by your word, you shall be condemned. You will be judged for every idle and inoperative word. Inoperative for the Holy Spirit, but operative for the devil. You know, the devil is always, you know, waiting, waiting. If he could catch a word of unbelief, a word of cursing, and then he will jump at you. Because the devil can't do anything without you giving him the, the opening. This is the word of God. If you've been a Christian for so long and you still don't believe in the power of your word, you only speak good word in church, but when you're outside of church, you speak all the bad words. God doesn't just stay in church. Have we found out? Does God only stay here? No. <laughs> is he with you at home? Can he, hear, can he hear us? Does he have a book of remembrance? Yes. Use your tongue to bless yourself and to bless the people around you. Can we say amen? Don't give your tongue to the devil to prophesy evil. It's called omens. Yield to the Holy Spirit to prophesy good. Well, you said to me, but Pastor Dora, there's, uh, you know, bad prophecies in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you've just said that. Because the blood of Jesus had not been shed. They only had the blood of animals. But we are not in the Old Testament anymore. We are in the New Testament. The lamb had been slain. Forgiveness had been given. Praise the Lord. The forgiveness of sins had been given. The blessing had been given. Can we say amen? And a lot of people, they had problem believing this, the scripture in 1 John, that we as Christians, we do not sin. You do not habitually sin. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you who will convict you, who will instruct you, who will teach you, who will correct you. Your part is to listen and yield. We are made not to sin. We are made not to be sick. Have, you, have we realized that? God did not make our bodies to be sick. Sickness comes from sin. The wages of sin is death. And sickness is in the package of death. And Jesus said, if you believe in me, you have eternal life. The problem is always with faith. Can you believe? Now that takes me to, I want to finish with this. How many of you have read Matthew chapter 8 and chapter 9? Matthew 8 and, and 9. How many of you have read those two chapters? Okay. I counted the healing miracles in those two chapters. Altogether, we have nine accounts of healing in two chapters. And um, I just want to show you the principle. Is that okay? 
Is that okay? What happened to the leper? What's the famous saying? I will be thou clean. The centurion, speak the word only and your servant shall be healed. I am a man under authority. Peter's mother-in-law, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. Number four, the madman at gatherings, had you come to torment us before our time? The paralytic, let down through the roof to the feet of Jesus, that you may know that the Son of Man have power on earth to forgive sins. I say to the sick of the posy, arise, take up your bed. And go. Jairus' daughter, Jesus said to the daughter, Tabitha, arise. And she got back from death. The woman with the 12 years of bleeding, your faith hath made you whole. The two blind men, do you believe that I can do this? Let it be done according to your faith. The last one in chapter 9. The man who is mute. Jesus cast out the devil and the man spoke. I want to summarize this. Healing never fails. Healing is for everyone. Based on these principles. Number one. God is love. Love heals. Love heals. God never not love anybody. He loves everyone. That's why he healed all that came to him. Number two, healing is spiritual warfare. It takes power to heal. Healing has to do with dominion and authority. That's why the centurion, he said, I'm a man under authority. I know the authority of your word. And Jesus said, I have not found so great faith, not in Israel. Number four, healing is the forgiveness of sins. The paralytic, that you may know that I have the power on earth to forgive sins. I say to the man sick of the palsy, arise and walk. Do you get that? And you don't have to sit and wait for healing to come to you. All through the four Gospels, Jesus had not even once, had not even once said to the sick, I would pray for the Father to heal you. You hang around and see if he will heal you. Had he ever done that? Had he ever done that even once? Had he ever said, I will pray for you, but I don't know whether God will heal you. You just wait and see. Had he ever done that? But how come the church thinks like that? 
I'm not healed. Not until the doctor tells me that I'm healed. What happened to the woman with the issue of blood? What happened to her? Your faith had made you whole. Was she passive? No, she was active. What happened to the mute man? How did Jesus heal him? He cast out the devil. The devil is also called the unclean spirit. So holiness is cleansing. The word of God washes us. Have we got this? Have we all got this today? Amen. Have we got this? That God is willing and he will. He will work with your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, just this last question to answer your question. But he's Jesus. And I'm not Jesus. They were his disciples. The 12 apostles. Well, Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them. Say with me, gave. He gave them power against unclean spirits. Say with me, I have power against unclean spirits to cast them out. I have the power that Jesus had given me. To heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Glory be to God. Did you earn it? Did you earn it by your holiness? No, it was given to you. It's a gift. That's why it's called a gift of healing. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, was it just the 12 disciples? Well, In uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 49, there was the one that was casting out devil in the name of Jesus. And the disciples said to Jesus, we better stop him. He does not belong to us. And Jesus said, don't stop him. Let him go. (laughs) Continue to pray for the sick. And then in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus sent out 70. So you have the 12, and then you have the one who who did not belong to the party. And then you had the 70. Jesus sent them out. And they said, the devils were subject to us in your name. And then finally, in Mark chapter 16, go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. So you have the 12 disciples. You have the one that did not belong to the team. And then Jesus sent out another 70. And then we go to Mark chapter 16. Can we have Mark chapter 16, please? Mark chapter 16, Mark 16, 17 to 18. Can we read this together? One, two, three. And these signs shall follow them that, follow them that, follow them that. How many believers do we have here? Do you believe the symptoms? No. What do you believe? The word of God. What do you believe? The word. What do you believe? The word. In my name they shall 
cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. That's another word for demons. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I want to finish with this. There's a battle going on between the Bible and the world. The world will always come up with different ways to keep you healthy. Sometimes it could be kabucha. Sometimes it could be an egg. Sometimes it could be, I don't know, different kinds of diet. (laughs) Vitamins and diets and all those things. The world will always advocate science above the word of God. I've told you before that the Tower of Babel is the escalation of science and technology. The world champions science and technology over and above the word of God and Jesus. And as we live in the end times, we will see this very, very clearly like never before. Never before. You will see this very, very clearly. It's either you bow down to science or you bow down to Jesus. So know this. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against prescriptions. I'm not against any health food. As long as you don't idolize them. As long as you don't live dependent on them. Men do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the Holy Spirit, the rhema word. The rhema word will jump out of the Bible and talk to you. We must live by the word. And guard your heart. Don't be so gullible. Don't just believe in what they say. Don't let anything touch your heart but Jesus. Believe the good. God is good. Believe the good and you will get the good. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And stay faithful. Always stay faithful faithful. Christians, we are the minority. It's important that we know that. Don't follow the crowd. Follow Jesus. Amen. Can we have the musicians on stage? Can I ask you to stand up with me? Let's sing this song in response to the word of God today.